Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Norris in, is it Cooper's Cove? Uh, Copper's Cove. Copper's Cove? Where's that? Right, right next to Fort Hood, Texas. Ah, okay. Well, how can I help you? Yes, sir. I wanted to... uh get your feedback on uh, replacing the deck instead of going with the uh, wood with the uh, going with the composite decking from yeah. the trucks. Okay. Uh, is the, the frame already in place? You just haven't replaced the deck boards or are you going to have to replace the uh, the joist as well? Uh, everything is in place. I already have a deck up now but, but what I'm going to do is just uh, take it all out and and go ahead with you know all the joists, brand new joists and everything. Okay. And and the reason that's important is when you go back, the choice deck uh, and treks and different things like that require twelve inch spacing on your floor joists. Where if you go back with a wood deck, you can go sixteen inches. And so it's going to require more floor joists, and you're going to find that the the composite material is going to be substantially more expensive, but once you put a composite material on, you're done. I mean, it stays looking good for years and years and years without doing absolutely anything to it. Uh, at my house, I have a pond in the backyard, and I do have a composite deck on my dock, uh, and it works great. Okay, does it does it make any difference on... If it's upstairs or down, because this is going to be upstairs right out of our uh, bedroom door, you know, right out, we walk onto the deck from the bedroom door. Yeah. No, that won't make any difference at all. Okay. Well, that sounds good. The um, Does it make a difference on which uh, decking we, we, we purchase? I've seen some that have, like, when you turn it over, it have grooves in it, and some is all completely solid. Well, no, that won't make any difference. And what you're going to find is there's only one manufacturer left, and that's Trex. Um, The other manufacturer actually went out of business. Oh, okay. All right, then. So I'll just try to research it and see what it costs, um, get all the measurements, and go from there. Yep. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot. You bet. Thank you, sir. You have a good weekend. Okay, bye-bye. Bo, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Thanks for taking my call, Jim. Yeah, I've got a uh, newer home. It's about two and a half years old. And it came with a fresh air vent. Yep. And the problem I have is we're right here by Lake Ray Hubbard, and it's on the east side of the house. So there's always some strong winds coming from there. But I was to understand that they're supposed to shut off if it gets too cold or too hot. Yep. Uh, the temperatures, and my wife and I both have respiratory issues, and you know it just seems like I could, I, you know, put my hand up there close to that vent, and I can feel like the hot air when it's humid and hot in the summer, or even when it's cold. Can those things be adjusted or? or yeah, they actually should have an electronic damper in them that automatically adjusts with the air conditioner. Because okay. I'm betting your home is probably got foam in the walls, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, foam in the walls, foam in the attic. And so 
the house is dependent on that fresh air intake in order to uh, keep you from getting sick home syndrome where the humidity levels get too high in the house. Now, that should be pulling in up in the attic into the air conditioning system. Where are you putting your hand that you're feeling this? No, it, 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 it's got a, uh, a box up there in the attic, but it's got separate uh, ducts that come down into the ceiling. So there's one in the hallway and there's one in the master bedroom. Okay, is that is that and they're separate? They're separate from the from the AC uh, ducts. Shouldn't be. I mean, they, they, it, 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 and I understand from the duct work, yes, but typically that should be return air going back to the AC system. Well, it's, it, it, they have the separate duct, you know, the return uh, ducts. Right. But they, but when we did the walk to you, the guy was like, "Yeah, this this vent right, the vents right here." This is the fresh air that comes from the outside. So, you okay. don't want to set your barbecue pit too close to where this van is back in the backyard because yep. it'll suck that, that barbecue smell up in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it definitely will do that. Well, it still should be tied into the air conditioner system with an electronic uh, damper valve on it. And those valves are kind of notorious for going bad. So, I would have my AC guy check it out and, and make sure that the that the electric motor is working properly. Okay. Okay. Cause you know, like I said, uh, especially this, this last summer, you know, it just seemed like the AC was working a lot more because, you know, I could put my hand up there and I could feel hot air coming through that. Sure. Fan. So. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Definitely get the AC guy out because the dampers aren't doing their job. Uh, it should register both the humidity levels and temperatures and stuff, uh, and be able to, close itself off when necessary let's head to mineola and karen this is jim how can i help you hi jim uh can you hear me yes ma'am okay love your show been very helpful to me um i'm putting down a flagstone walkway and the walkway that's current currently there are those 12 by 12 paver red brick paver type thing and it's about two foot by 20 foot long and my question is what do you suggest I use mortar mix and joint it as I go? I also want to insert some little pebble stones in between decorative. Um, I also heard that there was a gator, gator dust, which you just brush it dry into the cracks and then water it wet. On the website, it says you shouldn't put it over an existing concrete base. Yeah, so... Are you going to leave those existing uh, pavers down? I was hoping to. Okay. And how thick is the uh, flagstone that you're using? It's a one inch. Okay. So I personally would go over what you've got there with stabilized sand. Uh, And stabilized sand is nothing more than uh, regular sand that you mix some Portland cement in with it. And what it does is, you know, it still makes it where it's easy to lay it out, get it smooth and everything. But over a, a day or two, that Portland will set up in there and it keeps it from just washing away later. And what the what that's going to give you is the ability to set your stones and adjust the levelness of everything. So you get 
exact height that you want. Then you can f- go back the next day and fill in between the stones with whatever you want to put in there uh, for decoration-wise. But the, the stabilized sand will make sure that everything stays tight. Because if you set those one-inch flagstone on top of that uh, concrete, you know, the, the, the paver stones you have down now, when you're walking on them, if there's any little teetering to it, you could break the flagstone. And by putting just that little layer of stabilized sand on it, you eliminate that risk. Okay, when you say stabilized sand, are you talking about the sand topping mix? Well, I'm talking about this. I, I would put sand under the pay, pay, under the uh, flagstone. Okay, and it's just called stabilized sand. Is it the kind that has polymer or whatever? When it mixes with water, it hardens. Well, th- this would harden when it mixes with water, but no, it's it's just sand that you mix some Portland cement in it. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Portland cement, what ratio would I mix that? For every five scoops of sand. Mix one scoop of Portland in it, so a five okay. to one. Okay, and then if I come back and just use mortar mix to joint it, and and uh, will that yep. be okay? Oh yeah, you can use anything you want in between then. Okay, five sand to one Portland cement mix. Yep. Got it. Thank you so much. You bet, Karen. You take care. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate. And review the podcast. It helps people find us. Jerry, how are you today? Doing well, thank you, Jim. Well, how can I help you? Uh, question about the polyfoam, polyurethane injection. Yeah. The uh, part of the driveway and sidewalk has sunken down, probably because of a big Bradford pear that's, I think, sucking over the years uh, a lot of the water moisture from the area. Um, or so I've been told, anyway. But the city, of course, said uh, they don't do any work on a private entry drives unless there's other work to do on the adjacent areas, which they, of course, already did the sidewalks adjacent to that a few years back. So, and, and so only dropped two and a half inches, not three or four, that they consider critical. Right. Uh, obviously, know about the polyfoam. Is there anything that lasts longer than eight to ten years? Or are we just going to have to bite the bullet and maybe if it only lasts eight to twelve years, do it again and spend the expense after that is to do it again? Well, even the foam uh, won't necessarily last the ten years. Uh, okay. It's all subject to the movement of the soil because uh, all it's going to do is fill that void that's under the concrete and then pressure it up uh, and fill it with the foam. And so as the soils dry out and shrink, it's still going to go down. As the soils get wet and expand, it's still going to go up. So it's really not a a repair as much as it is a setting it back to zero again, but it's still going to be moving. And you can do mud pumping, and it's going to have the same effect. The city said uh, mud jacking. I didn't know if that was the same thing or what. Yeah, that's the same thing as mud pumping. Here's the difference. Okay. With the polyurethane foam, you drill a 5 eighths inch hole and you inject the foam, which is much like that expanding foam that they uh, great stuff type expanding foam. Very similar. Right. Fills the voids. As it expands, it picks the concrete up. Mud jacking or mud pumping, you're actually drilling a 2 to 2.5 inch hole and you're using a 
literally a mud pump. It, it looks like a concrete pump. You hook the uh, hose up into that hole and start pressure pushing the mud under the concrete. It lifts it up, but same thing. It's just filling the void. It sets up and still, as it moves, it moves. So even if you tore the concrete out and put new concrete, you're still subject to the same movement. So there is no permanent way to stabilize a driveway, sidewalks, or anything like that. Okay. And so I didn't know that, I guess, other than tearing it out and repouring it, that's a cheaper other solution to do. Correct. That is correct. This one came from Judy. And uh, she says, my niece has a relatively new home, four to five years old, with a disgusting shower gas smell. It's so strong, she needs to keep her bedroom door closed. What is the cause and how can she remedy this? I suggested she call the builder, but she, but if they don't address it, what do you recommend? Thanks, Jim. And then, and that's from Judy. Well, Judy, more than likely, it's coming from a P-trap. So there's a couple things that can cause it. One, if she has a shower and a tub, and one of them's not being used on a regular basis, the water will evaporate from the p-trap and that allows sewer gas to come in so the first thing to try is just turning water on to all the different fixtures and that includes sinks everything has a p-trap to keep sewer gas from coming in the house so if that doesn't solve it or it comes back within just a a few days then that would indicate that the p-trap has a hole in it and the water's draining out and that needs to be addressed if that doesn't get rid of it, it could be that there is buildup in the drain, just a, a sludge that can build up, and that gives off a horrendous odor. And it's usually just going to be soaps and hairs and, and you know all the different stuff that we use in the showers and tubs, and it just or sinks even, and it builds up, and it just becomes this black sludge that gives off this nasty gas odor. So then it's a matter of just cleaning that up. I usually use a large toothbrush that I clean it out with, and and that takes care of it. And then the third, if a vent pipe didn't go out and it's in the wall somewhere, you can have this same odor. My guess is most of the, and and this is because most of the time this is where it's at, it's going to be in the P-trap. So it's either that there's a fixture that's not being used often enough to keep water in it, or there's a hole in the P-trap. And 90% of the time, that's what it is. So that's that's where I would begin. Tricia, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. I'm looking at some trim that was not the same as the rest of the house after a set of doors, double doors, her uh, exterior doors uh-huh. were added or replaced. And the trim looks bad that's there. So... Thinking to replace it, I could find the matching trim, but it's a quarter inch larger. So I'm at the point I want to remove the trim and purchase the trim that I found. Okay. But I don't want to damage the textured walls, and I don't know the best way to go about that. Well. What tool? Because what I bought isn't, I don't feel confident. Sure. Without damage. It's usually pretty easy to, to take the trim off. Uh, the first thing I would recommend is normally 
they are caulked into place as well as nailed. Yes. So use a box cutter and right. run that down each side uh, where the sheetrock is and against the uh, wood trim around the door. And mm -hmm. that is to cut the caulking loose. Mm -hmm. Then you use just a flat pry bar. Uh, I like to use a, brand, a bar called Wonder Bar. Stanley puts them out, and there's other brands as well. And you're able to just tap that in behind the trim and literally start prying it loose. Once you get the first area prying loose, so either start at the top or bottom to start prying it loose. Once you get it started, it actually comes off very easy because usually it's put on with uh, brads. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so that's going to pop right off then. If you want to avoid doing any damage to the sheetrock like you asked about, uh, when you get ready to hammer the flat bar in behind the trim, put a piece of cardboard or a thin piece of wood, like, like an eighth-inch piece of wood, so that when you pry back a little bit, you're not prying on the sheetrock itself, but you're prying on top of that board. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about is the prepping the trim that I found it is a quarter yeah. inch bigger, wider than the trim in place. So I'm going to have to, I guess, remove a portion of the baseboard. Yes. And I'm thinking a chisel, a box cutter and chisel, mm. or is there a better technique to get that quarter inch off there neatly? You can use a box cutter. Don't use a chisel. That'll that'll just uh, butcher it up. Uh, but a box cutter is going to take you quite a while, and it's going to be rather difficult. Um, yeah. They do make some cutters that you literally can slide in there and cut it with. But, I mean, if you don't have that tool for making two little cuts, I wouldn't go out and buy it because it's a rather costly little tool. So I personally would probably just use the box cutter. And you just keep going over the line as you're going through, and it'll go through fairly quick. All right. So do that after I remove the current trim, and yep. then, um, and then as far as prepping the trim itself, since it's got grooves and so forth, and very shapely. Yeah. Uh, do I have to lightly sand that for no. the primer to take? Nope. Nope. Just okay. just prime it, and you're done. And then miter cut it. I can just use a hand miter saw. Since yes, ma'am. Yep. Four cuts. Yep. All right. That'll, that'll, that'll do it. That seems like that'll get me started. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Janet from McKinney sent in a, an insulation question. After being advised by ABC Pest Control at least eight years ago to put newspaper treated with chemicals to prevent rats and squirrels in my attic, I would now like to have all insulation in the attic removed and new insulation installed. The newspaper really never worked since I had a rat in infestation happen just recently. And the newspaper is decomposing, causing excess dust, and I fear a fire hazard with my heating air conditioning unit in my attic. Who do you recommend to help with this issue? Well, first of all, it is a very common treatment on the newspaper type insulation for rodents and bugs and different things like that but it's also fire treated now if that treatment has worn out or for some reason didn't take well yeah you could be getting an infestation again but i guess the the as far as did it work or not 
if it's been eight years since you had infestation, it must have worked for a period of time anyways. Uh, one of the things that will make it where it's not working is if you have a roof leak and it starts getting wet, then the chemicals they put on will dissipate. The other thing is, yes, it will turn to dust over time, but typically not in eight years. Normally, we're looking at something a little over 20 years before it really starts to decompose and produce t dust. So I'm wondering if you just got a bad batch. As far as somebody who can come out and take it out and, and replace it, garland insulation and take a look at fiberglass insulation because it doesn't decompose and, and uh, cause dust like that. Andrea, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm wonderful. How can I help you? Good. Um, my husband and I were remodeling a house and completely remodeling, and we're getting all new appliances. And when we start looking at appliances in beginning of July, we've noticed that there's been a huge increase in prices since then. Yes. Do you foresee that staying the same, going up, or going down? We're about four months out, so we can wait to buy. You know, in the next four months, I don't see it coming down. Uh, and, and what's causing all this is every place is limited on the materials they're getting, the labor they can use to build stuff. And so it's increasing the cost of everything across the board because uh, in, in the factories where they used to have, you know, 10 people working side by side because of social distancing and everything, now they can only have five. Uh, and so it's just running the cost of everything up. Gotcha. So we should go ahead and now if we find a good price yeah i mean we may see prices come down in a in probably a year or, or two but i don't think they're going to come down much in, in, until we get over this madness of covid i, I think we're going to be stuck with the higher prices gotcha well thank you so much you bet you take care right now let's head to rodney and katie how can i help you sir yes sir two questions a shower uh tub combination the little square three by three tiles noticing the grout is starting to flake out come out is that am i able to just regrout the whole thing yeah they actually make tools for taking all that grout out and then you can regrout it uh it's it's but rather labor intensive but they do make it okay and then the second question can you stain uh the uh, pressure treated uh lumber my wife i i put up a new fence between the garage and the house, separating it, and she likes it, but she wants it painted. Now, I'm not sure if that's doable or not. It is paintable, but yes, it is stainable as well. Uh, take a look at okay. Ready Seal, because they've got uh, uh, you know several different stain colors that you can choose from, and you, know, you won't have the pain of having to paint it. Uh, Ready Seal, you can just spray it on, brush it on, roll it on, and it'll soak down into the wood fibers. Uh, and it, it just still gives you that natural look, but with color to the wood. And that's Ready Seal? Ready Seal, yep. And, and it's available at all the big box stores? Or? You betcha, yep. Very good. All right, thank you so much. You Jeff. bet. Take you care. Have. Marie, you doing all right today? Oh, hi, Jim. So nice to talk to you. Thank you. Um. I have a question regarding watering of foundations. I heard um, on a gardening show that I listened to a couple of weeks ago that the guy was saying we're supposed to water the foundation even in cold weather. Is this so? That is so. You water the okay. foundation year-round. 
the air around. And Jim, on the east side of my house, between my neighbor and I, it's a small side yard, really narrow, small. And I don't have any grass there because it's real shady. No sun gets there. And I have um, a, a weed barrier down, and I have river rock stones. I had a, um, a, a gardener come and do that, professional landscaper, do that about five years ago. Uh-huh. And my son said, since we have stones there, do we still need to water on that side? Doesn't the stones produce enough moisture? Uh, the the stones it? the stones don't produce any moisture at all. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yes, you would still need to water over there as well. Okay. And how often should we do this watering? Every day. Uh, every and day. The, the written instructions I have are every day, fifteen minutes twice daily. Okay. And if you go to our our website thipro.com, there's actually uh-huh. a video there that shows how to set it up and how to install a do-it-yourself system, or do West can come out and install a system for you. But um, the key thing is we're trying to get moisture down five, six, seven feet into the soil because uh-huh. that's the, the soils that are expansive all the way down to that. And it's impossible to keep them dry all the time, so we got to keep them moist. And just a little bit of water on a, on a routine basis allows it to migrate deep down because these black gumbo clay soils that most of us have only Mm -hmm. absorb about an eighth of an inch an hour anything Mm -hmm. above that runs off and that's the reason you give it just a little bit on a basically every 12 hours giving it just a little bit allows it to just continuously migrate down into the soil and expand it okay well, that sounds great, Jim. Thanks for the information, and I'll go on your website and check out everything on there. All righty. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.